1: Because it was small and it stayed where it was in the sky, when I was a kid I thought the moon used to follow you
0: on long drives. I used to think snot was your brain leaking out of your nose. I thought that cat's eyes in the road were actual cat's eyes, like from their heads. When I was younger I
1: used to think that thunder was made when clouds bashed together. I used to think that dogs were boys and that cats were girls.
0: We've all been there and our stupid mistakes from school do haunt us for years later. And as kids around the country are heading back to school, I wanted to find out how these dunce moments might affect our learning.
1: Hi, I'm Duncan Astle from the Cognition and Brain Sciences Unit at the University of Cambridge.
0: Right, and I'm here today very aptly, as I went to the wrong building earlier, to talk (laughs) about mistakes. So what happened in my brain earlier, or in a child's brain in school, when they make a big mistake?
1: Well, actually, if we were to attach some electrodes to your head... we would have been able to see you making the mistake so there's a very big electrical response in the brain and people debate as to what exactly the signal corresponds to but it seems to be very closely aligned to the moment in which you make an error and so one popular view is that you recognize the mistake and updating your model of the world so for example our address
0: and is that the feeling you get when you just suddenly like the world freezes and you're like oh no something's gone
1: terribly wrong. Well, there's different types of mistakes, right? So there's like a little mistake or a little error, um, the kind of thing that we create in the lab and then study empirically. But there's also, you know, that moment when you stick your hand up in class and there's the kind of social humiliation of being making a terrible mistake. When I was a child, I used to get confused between turban and turbine. And I remember asking a question about how it could be generated from people's heads. Um, <laughs> but in that moment, was I felt like a bit of a fall in front of everybody. And that's a different type of response, which we know engages all sorts of kind of social areas of the brain.
0: I remember my version of that is my dad told me rivers came from taps and I didn't think to question him. Um, so can mistakes, obviously, they feel very embarrassing when we make them. Can they help us?
1: Well, we know that mistakes or errors are a key part of the learning process. So one very popular view of the way that we learn in general is that we use our model of the world that we've created to make predictions about what is going to happen next. So when you're asking a question, really what you're doing is making a prediction. And then when that prediction is violated, we know that you update your model. And actually, that moment when you realise the error is a key moment for updating your model of the world. And actually, you can get very rapid learning uh, when people make mistakes.
0: Right, so mistakes are great as long as we know we've made them.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and actually, there's a big push in education to try and shift away from the idea of rewarding kids for getting everything right, um, and instead of rewarding kids for kind of being more inquisitive in their learning and the effort that they put into that. And that's precisely because it recognises that mistakes are a key part of learning well.
0: When it comes to making mistakes, obviously when you're growing up, you make lots. But I feel like mine haven't really tailed off. Do mistakes link in with your age?
1: Yeah, um, they do. I don't think it's have been studied directly. But if you, if you look at different studies across ages, you find younger children tend to make more conceptual mistakes. So having a kind of fundamental misunderstanding about the way the world works, like rivers and taps, for example, Um, but that as we get older, whilst the mistakes might seem more important to us, they're much more about the detail of the world in which we live. Um, And then as we get older again, we tend to find that the mistakes change again, that they tend to be more about memory lapses. So making mistakes where it's not that we don't know the answer, it's just that we struggle to retrieve it in that moment.
0: Right. And when it comes down to, um, I guess, little kiddies doing their homework and things, what's the best way uh, for parents to be helping them?
1: Gosh, there's lots of great tips. Um, So one is to try and space learning out. So we know that if you try and block all all the learning on a particular topic together, that tends to not be so great. But if you space learning out over time, so plan it properly, that's really beneficial because each time you reintroduce a topic or you revisit it, you strengthen the memory traces involved in it. Um, we know that sleep is really important. So when we sleep, um, a process called consolidation happens. That's when our, our fragile memories from the day are turned into durable memories that can last a lifetime. And we know that people who have better quality sleep tend to show better consolidation or better memory retrieval over time. And um, Curiosity is a really interesting thing. So if kids feel are made curious about something, and they obviously remember the stuff they're curious about, but when they're in that state of being curious, it turns out that they're also better at learning all sorts of other more mundane things. So when kids are curious about something, they're in a good place to learn. Um,
0: right, so for kids like, um, like, oh, what kind of animal is that? Be like, nine times tables. <laughs> <laughs> I think it
1: has, to, it has to fit kind of... Yeah, it has to kind of fit conceptually with what you're trying to teach. But it's certainly, so there's a a thing called inquiry-based learning, which is where you start off with a a problem that you pose to the children and they have to ask you questions about it. And it's a way of getting them to explore, um, you know, for instance, you know, Jimmy has wet feet and as they ask you questions it turns out that he lives on a floodplain, and actually all sorts of concepts about geography could be introduced in a way in which the kids are very curious about this scenario and it turns out that they're very good at learning in those ways.